This is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, this summer marks the 50th year and anniversary of the premiere of Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade. I saw it that first summer it came out, and I've been spellbound ever since. With the timeline, we'll look at the entire history of this parade experience. The Main Street Electrical Parade is a technological pioneer and has created innovations we see in Disney parades today. We'll look at its predecessors and the other nighttime spectacular parades that have traveled the Disney theme parks the world over. From Spectro Magic to Fantalusion, from Dreamlights to Light Magic, and to the newest parade, Paint the Night. We'll look at all of it and its contribution to the Disney theme park experience. By the way, what uh, I'm always reminding you to do is head over to DisneyAtPlay.com, not just to subscribe and uh, and to get notifications of upcoming podcasts, but also because we've got a big timeline history in here, plus links and videos that will show you all these different kinds of parades, many of which you may not even be familiar with. Some are famous, some not so famous. Some are those you have remembered from long ago and some uh, you've never seen and will never see. <laughs> we'll talk about all of those in the history. But let's let's back up that history and uh, give you a context for what is happening here. Really, before we get to the Main Street Electrical Parade, you have to appreciate the precedent to this. The parade comes from two different sources. Uh, first, and more familiar, because it's still around today, is the Electrical Water Pageant. The Electrical Water Pageant premiered during the press event for Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World opened in 1971, but the press event was during, I think it was 23rd through 25th or 24th through 26th of 1971 in October. And uh, what they did is they hosted a big luau before there was Luau Cove. They just put out big uh, tables and big de decorations and they hosted a big luau. But of course, behind them was a very dark uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. So at a right time as the, as the night was, was uh, going into, into darkness, they put on this electrical water pageant and it continues on today. In fact, there's a 50th anniversary version of this water pageant. And essentially what it is, is it's a bunch of almost cyclone fencing with lights strung in a certain way to create certain characters such as dolphins or American flags. It actually used uh, glass bulbs as I recalled during that time. And if you go back to the early into the uh, late 60s, 1970s, the little tiny lights you put on your Christmas tree, that wasn't a commonly found thing back then. In fact, part of what intrigued Bob Janian in creating this is that he had seen a company in Chicago that had not only taken uh, these little white lights, but they had dipped them in different colors to create an entire illusion of color. And that is what 
Um, he That is the group he actually contracted to help create the original Main Street Electrical Parade that opened on June 17th of 1972. Now, let me take a personal stop here because that summer I was at Disneyland. And the previous time I had been at Disneyland was the summer of 1969. So three years had passed. If you recall, 1969 was the summer that opened the Haunted Mansion. I had done Pirates of the Caribbean kind of with my head in my mom's lap because it was a little uh, intimidating going down those falls. But I did not have, I did not have the courage and the bravery to do Haunted Mansion. That sounded terrible. So we waited hours while our my uh, my uh, older brothers went on the ride. And so fast forward, I'm now back at Disneyland for the first time in the summer of 1972, and I am determined to do the ride that that uh, most intrigued me, Pirates of the Caribbean, followed by the ride that I was too scared to do on. I was brave, did the Haunted Mansion, and thought. Oh my goodness. Yeah, mind you, I'm a 10-year-old now and I'm thinking, why was I scared about this? But at any rate, I did the Haunted Mansion, bought the album to the Haunted Mansion that summer. It was the, my first Disney Park album that I bought was the one um, that includes Ron Howard um, as a teenager taking his date and the car getting stuck and they end up in the Haunted Mansion. At any rate, from there, if you can appreciate the progression, you're going from Pirates of the Caribbean to the Haunted Mansion and then as you exit, you see these signs leading you to what was called Bear Country. The Country Bear Jamboree had done very well the previous year in um, Magic Kingdom. And Cardwalker and Don Tatum were particularly concerned that with the effort to open up Walt Disney World, that Disneyland not be left in the dust. And so an entire new land was built with the Hungry Bear restaurant, with the train coming through, with the Teddy Bear Arcade, all, all of those things. And of course, the Country Bear Jamboree with not one, but two theaters because it was, um, the crowds were, crowds were uh, lined up at Walt Disney World. So all this opened up. And because that was opening up, Dick Nunes really didn't think there needed to be anything else. But Cardwalker and Don Tatum did. They felt that a parade needed to be. And Bob Janey had kind of done this electrical water pageant thing. Could we do something at night with the Main Street Electrical Parade? And so uh, there was a very tight time frame to pull this together. The people they contracted with in Chicago, which is still a company in operation today, but they did not deliver on time. And about a month and a half out, um, they went out to Chicago, realized this thing was not where it needed to be. They brought all the floats back on a whole bunch of trucks, set up a tent back in the back of the lot, and started to pull this whole thing together. Issues with battery and battery power issues with, oh, I forgot to tell you that there is actually two things that were the antecedents of the electrical parade. Yes, definitely, um, definitely the um, electric water pageant, but there was also something Bob Janey had done back in the late 60s in 1969 and show appeared in conjunction with NBC and it was called Disney on Parade. 
You're probably familiar with Disney on Ice. Well, this is Disney on Wood. It was really just a dance show, and it appeared on this big stage in arenas, similar to how the ice show still occurs in arenas. The first of these shows, which was the one done by Bob Jane in particular, had a scene from Cinderella. Well, they have the whole story of Cinderella and the dance and everything. Well, when she becomes married at the end and she comes down the stairs in her wedding gown with the prince, all of the dancers, the music comes up to dream is a wish your heart makes. And all of a sudden the lights go out and all the dancers appear in lights. And this idea of adding lights to the costumes and lighting it up made a marriage with the electrical water pageant and the idea that we would have floats or these um, exhibits. Now, mind you, most of the floats that opened up with the Main Street Electrical Parade, they um, many of them were not three-dimensional. They were fairly flat when you got to the circus and you'd see this hippo, but it was really just a flat screen similar to the electrical water pageant. It was all they could do to get this thing open. In fact, they didn't even see that it was going to last past summer. But the popularity and the song, by the way, the Baroque Down, which you're familiar with, actually, it has its roots back in 1971 with the electrical water pageant. They actually used it for that. And, um, and that's how that song became. So they transferred that to Disneyland and used it as the main... And they, and they took the individual who made this possible on a Moog synthesizer to take some Disney songs and also add them to the Moog synthesizer so you would have this. Um, so the music would play throughout and then these Disney floats would each have their own little little songs. All in a Golden Afternoon for Alice in Wonderland, Casey Jr. for uh, The Train, Cinderella, of course. Uh, for Cinderella and so forth. And so this opened to a press and as they, they talk about is that before the, before the doors opened for the parade to come out, people were just like literally hopping off of the float to get things to work. And the floats came out, they did their thing, they went all the way down Main Street toward the castle and then as they swerved right toward It's a Small World, all of them went out by, because the batteries wore out that quickly. Uh, but the press saw it, they were impressed. The crowd saw it, they were impressed. It did an amazing job that summer. And so all of a sudden, you know, we got to keep this parade going. And it ran from 72 to 74 doing, um, and they kept building it up a little bit. And then Disney did a bicentennial parade at both Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. And I think they learned a lot. Well, I could tell you they learned a lot in terms of, of handling the sound as it was as you would have one continuous sound and then you would have individual floats with different sounds on it and so there was a lot of technology and 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 technological improvement that went on with how to make these floats come down the street and so forth and at uh, any rate the, the Bicentennial Parade went on for two years, and then in 1977, after the Bicentennial, not only did Disneyland return with three-dimensional floats, but an entire Magic Kingdom Main Street Electrical Parade opened in Florida. And so now we have two electrical parades. 
Um, by the way, a new version of the electrical water pageant also appeared during this time because uh, they needed to change out the music because they had now put the Baroque down into onto Main Street. They went and changed it to a Handel piece that, uh, I think it's a piece from Handel, that they kind of put to a Moog synthesizer. And that continued on for, for years to come. In addition, they added a couple other pieces that were quite unique. They added what's known as Pete's Dragon, which came out as a film in 1977. The, the film did not do well, as well as they had hoped. But that Pete's Dragon, man, he has lived on and on, and he is beloved and is just a, a big part of it. Prior to it, they had a dragon, but the dragon was actually a Chinese dragon, kind of similar to what you would see uh, coming down a um, Chinese New Year type celebration. And so that's that's where um, that was. And in fact, the original floats, that included, uh, of course, Casey Jr., the Blue Fairy at the beginning of it, the drum with Mickey. The drum dates back to a 1960s a daytime parade with Mickey beating the drum. So they kind of carried that concept over um, with it. Cinderella, obviously the Chinese dragon, a circus calliope. The calliope being played, and it was played by my, a lot of nights by my business partner, who um, seemed to fit or uh, became best friends with the lion that came out of um, bed knobs and broomsticks. And he, for whatever reason, was the one who ended up playing um, that um, that calliope for years on. There was also, um, and I actually have a link. I have actually a link to this um, in the show notes. One of the earliest, and by the way, I also show an image of that Disney on Parade with all the with all the dancers around Cinderella in the show and then also uh, what is the electrical uh, water pageant today for the 50th anniversary. But um, if you go to the link I have, you will see a 1978 video that shows a couple of things you you don't see today. That bed knobs and broomsticks, that also translated to a briny sea float that included a bunch of fish kind of swimming around, kind of Kind of a flatter type it was three-dimensional but it wasn't too three-dimensional and um and then there was also a whale that you'll see in the float now you'll see something in the whale but because of lighting it's a it's actually um uh i think a 16 millimeter film taken it's not actual video because video hadn't really come around by then you'll see something playing inside the whale that's actually fish playing um, they, if you remember, there's a little fish orchestra in the briny ballroom scene of Bedknobs and Broomsticks. They're actually playing inside the whale. And, and by the way, this is one of the first, this is really the electrical parade. One of the first things about it is, is they're kind of pretending to play there. In truth, uh, the, all previous Disney parades generally were, generally featured sound that came from bands that walked along the parade float. And you'd have these different um, parade bands that would kind of like a jungle band with 
with uh, the Jungle Book or the Pearly Band with the Mary Poppins, Chimney Sweep Float, things of that nature was how you usually did the parade floats. The electrical parade brought in really that, that Moog synthesizer meant the bands went away and you had this kind of thing going with this electronic sound and it provided all of the music to the parade. So anyway, if you go see this earlier um, parade, you'll you'll see Elliot in it, but you'll also see the Briny Sea floats and you'll also see the original Small World floats. Now that's going to play in to it later. You'll see that there, it's a, a lighted outline of different countries and you'll actually see Small World dolls inside these floats. And that was part of the uh, parade in the very, very early years. However, in 1977, they also added a couple other pieces as well. Um, the There was this neon lit revolving mirror finale float, which I can't find images of. It's so unique and it stood out in my mind because everything else is little twinkling lights. This float unit was all neon lights and they were they were positioned around these revolving mirrors that showed Disney characters. And that was an entire unit uh, that was, and it only lasted, I think, a couple of years at best. In 1979, they actually added the To Honor America float that they always had a Stars and Stripes kind of finale at the end, but the kind of um, wave of stars and stripes all the way through in a very three-dimensional look that came out in 1979 also in 1977 um ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that whole announcement was created that electric fanfare was created and again that was a technological innovation because what was happening is before the music just started and it just played all over. In this situation, they started adding the music as you kind of went down the street. And so they were able to start up the, um, they were able to start up the music, so to speak, and have these kind of trigger zones to kind of set in motion uh, the, the next uh, part of the uh, parade as it came through. From 1979, when the Honor American Float was added, to 1985, nothing much happened except two things. Tokyo Disney started their electrical parade, and it looked a lot like the electrical parade you see at Disneyland, Walt Disney World. So that was one thing that happened in 85. But the other thing was another float was added based on Return to Oz. You may have seen The Wizard of Oz. You may not have seen the film Return to Oz. Disney owns the books and they tried to do this film. And so there was a greenish, again, kind of neon kind of look. It was all that emerald green kind of look. And it was all based on Return to Oz to kind of promote that uh, movie uh, for that year. In fact, uh, one of the, and this would be a great uh, trivia question, where can you find Oz in the Disney parks? If you go to the Storybook Canal Boat ride at Disneyland Paris, for whatever reason on earth, I have no idea, 
one of the last floats in that attraction is Oz. And as you go past this little scene of Oz from Return to Oz, you actually hear the Moog synthesizer music that was used for the Return to Oz float. It's all very strange, but that's that's the, the most minutiae piece of detail I can offer for this podcast here. At any rate, that was 1985. In 1991, something really big happened in celebration of Walt Disney World's 20th anniversary. The Main Street Electrical Parade ended and a new parade called Spectrum Magic began. And that parade took the took the twinkle light look, but it added a lot of other elements, particularly fiber optics into a parade experience. And there are some really good scenes in there in the Spectrum Magic. My favorite scenes were two. There is a scene where Chernabog spreads. It looks like you're going past Night on Bald Mountain and all of a sudden Chernabog spreads his wings and he makes an appearance. I always thought that was a very cool, huge, heavy float. I don't know how they made that happen. Um, but the other thing that was, I think, the best part, and really just relied on the twinkling lights for the most part, is they had this very long finale unit that began with the three little pigs. And they held these paintbrushes of fiber optics. And they would dip the white one. Uh, they would hold a, white, a brush with white ends on it and another brush with color ends. And they would, and if the whole float series was white and when they took the color one and dipped it in color the whole float series just just turned to color and then after a few seconds they would change it back over to white again it was a very clever very cool scene and just lots of fun disney characters in it and it was a big hit it also took away the Moog synthesizer, which had kind of kind of faded. It seemed kind of older sound at that time. Kind of went through its shadow period, as Tom Morris used. We'll talk about how some things kind of fade. And um, and it used the full orchestra sound for the most part. What about the Main Street Electrical Parade that was at Magic Kingdom? Well, that headed over to Paris. And in 1992, the Walt Disney World version of that parade appeared in Paris with, I believe, the Pinocchio and one other unit, maybe the Seven Dwarfs unit, leaving Disneyland and going over to Paris as well. That was in 1992. In 1995, Tokyo wants a different parade. And so Tokyo ends the Main Street Electrical Parade and opens another parade called Fantalusion. Now, if you'll recall, just prior to this, year or two prior to this, Disneyland had opened Fantasmic. And apparently the people who were in charge of Fantasmic were asked to create a Fantasmic version of the show in parade form. And so if you were to see the show, it begins with Mickey and rainbows and does a whole lot of, if you remember the earlier versions of Fantasmic, focused on either like these characters who would form a flower and there were images of flowers like on the uh, old wonderful world of color uh, TV show. And so the first units kind of played out in 
in in that, and then it went to a big, big, big old villain section. A villain section, I think, that was too long, but that's probably my description for Fantasmic as well. And then it ends with the whole Disney characters um, playing out in, uh, well, I think you had Aladdin, I think you had Beauty and the Beast. It ends with the big castle float with Minnie and Aurora. At any rate, that was Disney's Fantalusion. It played at Tokyo, at um, Tokyo Disneyland uh, for a number of years. And then in 1996, Main Street Electrical Parade ends on October 15th. And here was the problem. They made, this is at Disneyland, they made a big to-do of this ending. Um, it's gone. It's it's glowing away forever, and something big and new is happening afterwards. And so they would sell. I'm they they their hand, their hands should have been slapped for this. They would sell little twinkling lights encased in a little box with a little plastic cover on it. And I maybe that was partly a charity thing, but. But man, they were selling it like twenty-five bucks for this light bulb. Who who knows that it really was running on a parade float at one point? But that parade ends, and in nineteen ninety-seven, a new parade appears at Disneyland, and it's called Disney's Light Magic. If you have heard the soundtrack of this show, this soundtrack may be the best soundtrack of any Disney nighttime show it has this it just has this this wonderful sound to it and by the way the finale of it brings back the broco down into this little finale ending it's so good it's a great but the parade was terrible the parade was awful it only lasted that summer people practically booed it off now one of the things is is that this parade did do a couple of things for Disneyland. First off, they took the Small World um, uh, Avenue leading up to It's a Small World at Disneyland, and they put up tiered areas and big lights and and um, even a kind of a back alley area so guests could get back and forth. They really kind of improved the areas where you could see the show. The other thing about the show was it would stop and then they would do this whole dance and and uh, activity with it, which timed with, uh, with Walt Disney World doing the same for its 25th anniversary parade. It did a go um, down the street and stop and then do a whole bunch of things and then start up again. That was kind of a big thing during the mid 90s. What was the problem with the show? There were a lot of these um, fairies, um, pixies that just didn't really interest anyone. People wanted to see more Disney characters. The Disney characters that were there were in pajamas. Um, the whole thing. Now, if you've watched Fan, I don't think anybody's actually watched Fantasia from beginning to end because if you actually watch Fantasia, you will fall asleep. And the reason for that is because almost every scene in every part of that show has somebody yawning. And you know that yawning is contagious, that yawning is going to lead you to yawn and probably start to fall asleep. And so 
There are pixies and fairies that yawn as they come to life or stretch, you know. You have Mickey who's yawning and stretching before he has his, he falls asleep at the at the job. You have, you have even, um, uh, um, uh, the, the, the big, um, I just talked about him in, uh, in the uh, uh, Spectral Magic, uh, Chernabog. You even have him kind of stretching out his wings and yawning. Everybody but the dinosaurs seem to yawn in that movie. And uh, I think that was the problem with light magic. Everybody's in their pajamas. Everybody's kind of doing this yawning. They're kind of the dream sequence. It's some clever techniques and a lot of fiber optics. But at the end of the day, people did not like the show, which left Disneyland for several years uh, without any nighttime parade. Uh, in the process, Spectral Magic in 1999 came to an end, and that Main Street Electrical Parade that was at Disneyland, and you'll see this on the chart I have, you'll see arrows drawn out to where everything goes. The Main Street Electrical Parade from Disneyland went over to Walt Disney World. Remember, Walt Disney World had given up their electrical parade to Paris. And so, and so um, Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade comes to the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Well, in 2001, and that was the kind of, that the reason it came during that period is they wanted to use it as part of the whole package for the Millennium Celebration um, that was occurring in the year 2000. So that's, that's why it came during that time. In 2001, the Main Street Electrical Parade actually ends at Walt Disney World, and it's sent back to the Disneyland Resort. The only problem is, as they said, it ain't coming back to Disneyland, supposedly. So what they did is recognizing the Disney California Adventure is a flop. We talked about that in a previous podcast, all the bad attractions that went away. At any rate, they decide to, in order to bump up attendance, they would move the Main Street Electrical Parade at, to Disneyland California, Disney California Adventure. Only they now call it Disney's Electrical Parade because it's not going down Main Street. In the process to appeal to folks at Walt Disney World, Spectral Magic returns in 2001. At the same time, Fantalusion is closing at Tokyo Disneyland and they start up something called Electrical Parade Dreamlights. So let me just tell you, all other parades are nothing, nothing compared to Dreamlights. It is an electrical parade in that they're using all the small lights, that approach. But the level, and I've got a video of it on my site, you have to watch this. It goes on and on and on with more floats, big floats, major scenes, from Winnie the Pooh having their own float, to Toy Story having its own float, to Aladdin having its own float, to Beauty and the Beast having its own float, to Little Mermaid having, it just goes on and on and on. Every major Disney movie's got its floats and then it's got its own small world thing at the end and it's bigger than life in three big float parts. It just goes on and on. It's amazing. It is an amazing parade. If you love these parades, you have to go to Tokyo Disney. That opens up um, at Tokyo Disneyland. And then the Main Street Electrical Parade closes at Disneyland Paris in 2003. And Fantalusion, which was sent from Tokyo, opens up at Disneyland Paris. Now, supposedly, 
and I don't know all my facts on this, but the Main Street Electrical Parade that was sent from Magic Kingdom to Paris apparently took a slow boat to China. Well, not China, Hong Kong specifically. And what became of it there, I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't plug it in. You know, those adapters can be different. But that's the last we see of that entire parade float. Uh, don't worry, it gets better for Hong Kong in a few minutes. Meanwhile, in 2010, the Disney Electrical Parade ends at DCA and they send the thing back over to the Magic Kingdom and, uh, and Spectrum Magic ends and the Main Street Electrical Parade begins again at Magic Kingdom. So this just goes back and forth all this time with one set of parade floats. Fantalusion closes in Paris in 2012 and it has not had a new parade float since. What does come in its place um, at Hong Kong Disneyland is a new parade called Paint the Night. And it's outstanding. It is a great parade. So great that they decide that they need to paint the night at Disneyland. So Disneyland takes on Paint the Night in 2015 and they run it through 2016 in Disneyland Park. Then um, in 2019, they move Paint the Night over to, um, they move Paint the Night over to um, Disney California Adventure and they add an Incredibles float, which I have a video of as well on there, as well as the whole Paint the Night show. The problem was, is that with the aerial wires for the trolley on Buena Vista Street, they had to remove the frozen float and it seems like they had to remove some other piece because they couldn't get past the wires. Why people don't measure these things is beyond me. But notwithstanding, in 2016, Main Street Electrical Parade ran for the last time at Walt Disney World. Now, since 2016, it's now 22, there's not been a nighttime parade at Walt Disney World. When is there going to be one in the Magic Kingdom? I am here to sadly say, probably never. And here are the reasons why. What happened after 2016? Well, in about 2017, 16, 17, we completely redid that in front area of, or the hub area of the park in front of the castle. Why did we do that? We covered over some of the, um, the riverway around the hub and we added these little park area expansions all for the purpose of being able to get as many people as we can in front of the castle for the nighttime show and then from there we brought in happily ever after we ended wishes brought in happily ever after and we've got this massive group of people now huddled in the front of the park i think operationally it is too hard to move back and forth now between an, a nighttime parade and the big event, which is now enchant, um, enchantment, but it is still taking, there's too much going on. There's also a couple of other reasons besides the fact that we've invested all this in projection mapping on a castle and putting all our marbles on the nighttime fireworks. The other thing 
Disney World does is that it's got a Halloween night, a lot of Halloween nighttime events, a lot of Christmas nighttime events, a lot of other during the year nighttime events where a parade wouldn't even be used. And so between all those elements, I just don't think there will ever be, would love to be made wrong on this, but I don't think it'll ever happen. What did happen in 2021 is that the 50th anniversary version of the electrical water pageant came back and, uh, and uh, or a new version of it came with the 50th anniversary being celebrated. And this year, the celebration of the Main Street Electrical Parade has come full circle because that same parade that was running at the Magic Kingdom, that was running before Disneyland, that was running before Magic Kingdom, that was running before Dis Well, guess what? It came back to Disneyland this year and with a new character float climax. What is the climax? It is based on It's a Small World. Small World has actually been a part of the parade since the very beginning days. It's just now it's got character, different Disney characters that are woven into that small world climax with a big small world clock at the end. It's very nice. And also Tokyo Disneyland uh, Dreamlights has added a new drum and train to their parade. That thing ain't never going to go away. They are going to make sure they never do a Fantalusion again. But not that Fantalusion was bad, but all things compared, this is uh, this is a superb thing. So at any rate, so we have in 2022, 50 years later, two electrical parades that run in two different parts of the world. And you can see them at night. And we have a legacy of other parades, such as Fantalusion and Spectro Magic and Paint the Night, which hopefully will sometime come back as well. These are all fantastic shows. We all have great memories of seeing these shows at night and they are part of our experience of going to the Disney theme parks. Well, this is our conclusion to this Disney at Play podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that you have some great memories of the Main Street Electrical Parade and the other nighttime shows. Uh, make sure you check out our uh, new Patreon group, the Wayfinder Society, as we celebrate all things Disney there and gives you a chance to help support this website for as little as a dollar a month. So if you get a chance, uh, take a look, check that out. And hopefully we will see you soon on a new Disney at Play podcast. In the interim, always remember, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.